Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining in on the 46th episode of the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. I wanted to share some exciting news with you all before jumping into the amazing conversation I had with Chef Christiana Clark. My passion for educating, empowering, and supporting women has transpired into me creating the Motherhood Village, where I aim to become a pivotal resource within the motherhood community in South Florida by providing classes, events, support, education, and everything in between. However, my first event will be an informative, free, two-day virtual webinar for new and expectant mothers. And you heard me, it will be virtual. Therefore, this will be open to any new and expectant mothers around the world. I will have four wonderful guest speakers who are masters within the topics that they will be discussing. The topics include nutrition, mental health, newborn care, and breastfeeding 101. The webinars will take place via Zoom on Friday, June 11th and Saturday, June 12th. You can check out www.themotherhoodvillage.com for more information and to register. Please spread the word to any mamas you know, as I will have more events in the future coming up. And as always, thank you for listening and supporting my show. Love and light to you all. Hello, and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Mrs. Christiana Clark, who is a chef, a cookbook author of Let's Say Grace, CEO of Shop Platinum Desserts and Brown Girls Cook, based out of Dallas, Texas. Hi, Christiana. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming on. So I gave a little introduction into who you are, which I know there's so much more. So why don't you tell my listeners who you are a little bit more in depth, your motherhood journey, family life, and then we'll get into um, the juicy stuff, no pun intended with being a chef and how you got into that field. Absolutely. Well, I am a mother of two daughters. And my one daughter, she's 25 and my oldest daughter is 25. My youngest daughter is 15. So they're 10 years apart. (laughs) Wow. And you do not look like you have a 25 year old. Well, thank you. Well, actually I did have her early. So I was a teen mom. I I had her when I was 18 and that was a journey in itself, you know, but I'm proud of who she is and who um, I raised her to be. And I'm just super, super proud of her accomplishments today. And I wouldn't take anything back. So that's awesome. um, That's, that's just a, you know, testament that, you know, sometimes things start a little rocky, but you know what, they can end up absolutely beautiful. And kudos to you because (laughs) me being a mom, I mean, I have my husband and I I started, I I start my, had my son later on in life. I was in my mid thirties. So kudos because that's, I know that could be a whole topic in itself of being a single mom and, and going through that journey. So, you know, I know it's easy to say, oh yeah, she's 25 now. And so much transpired in between that, but that is definitely, I'm sure a big part of your story. Absolutely. It was a lot in between that, <laughs> that went along with that, but we survived, we made it. Sometimes it's so funny because even now she's 25, she's a business owner. She's like 
out there really impacting the world. And sometimes I feel like we're still like kind of growing up together. <laughs> I'm sure. So, you know, she's, she's like one of my best friends. I'll say that. But that's awesome. Um, and, and then what about the 15 year old? So how's that dynamic? So yeah, so 10 years apart, it was so funny. Even when I had her, I had to call my mom again. I'm like, I forgot everything. <laughs> it was like 10 years apart. It was so funny. I was like, mom, yes. what do I do this with this? And, you know. So yeah, it's, it's really, as, as a mother, I'll say it's been a challenge. And I think I am, I'm doing okay. Because when I talk to my oldest daughter, I have to remember she's an adult. She's not a kid. Mm -hmm. And then when I talk, when I'm dealing with my teenager, I'm like, okay, back in mommy mode. You know what I'm saying? And so I have to switch from like counselor mode to mommy mode all the time, every day. And just have to really be mindful of that to just respect my oldest daughter. You know what I'm saying? As As an adult, as a woman. And that I'm not telling her what to do, but more here if she needs advice and if she needs help, because I'm basically done in that with that whole raising part of, you know, of, of her. Life. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. It's an adjustment. <laughs> and I'm sure and having the, the, the different age groups. And I want to say before we get into your journey into becoming a chef, because that is why I reached out to you. I've been following you for some time on Instagram and oh dishes look absolutely amazing. But I do want to ask, because I always find it interesting, how is it parenting in the social media era? And because you didn't have to deal with certain things that you dealt with with your 25-year-old that you now have to deal with with your 15-year-old. How has that been? How have you adjusted or are you still adjusting? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot, you know, like, of course, with me growing up, we didn't have any of this. So then my oldest daughter, halfway, you know, I'd say until she became maybe a teenager, then we started dealing with the social media and all of that. And then my youngest daughter, it's her whole life. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's an adjustment for all of us. I feel like me and my husband, were still like learning how to navigate through that and how to even just guide her when it comes to that. And not necessarily, I'm not one of those parents that's like, no, you can't have social media, you know, but I really do think that like, I've seen some really questionable things on, on apps that were made for teens just to be on, you know, and I'm like, oh no, we're deleting that. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that, but you know, not to say that she was taking part, but I've just seen things that other people were doing on the app, you know, that were inappropriate and it's scary. Yeah. Really scary because, you know, I, I I try not to be the helicopter mom, but you know, (laughs) I think we all just as parents um, have to be aware, like don't be blindsided by everything that's going on. You know, we have to realize that stuff's out there and people, uh, predators and all that stuff, you know, it's just dealing with a whole new thing that I didn't have to deal with, with my oldest daughter. So. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the awareness is key. You know, my mom and I, we have these discussions all the time, you know, with certain things. And she's like, gosh, it's so different. And I'm like, it is, you know, like, and there's certain things I have to, especially because I have a young son that it's just different. You know, I tell my husband all the time of, of making him aware of making our young son aware and talking to him, especially as he gets older, boundaries with women and that aspect of it, right. And raising a son and being a gentleman and gosh, I just think of so many things. And then, yeah, with the social media and how they're easily vulnerable, it's just so much, you know? So I'm like, I tell my mom all the time, I'm like, I'm trying to just have open dialogue and communication with him. So yes, I wanted to ask because I know 
look, parenthood, motherhood, it's, it's not tough and it's definitely not for the faint of heart, but you know, for the moms that, that I call the OG moms that have been around and had it still, I'm sure you guys are like, look, now we're in a whole nother season and you're trying to, you know, gauge social media and get with it, with it, you know, trying to sell your business and you have, you know, that's the thing. And it's just like, I'm trying to do my stuff on it. I'm trying, but you know, I'm trying to also balance it where it's not like I'm letting social media raise her and make sure that I'm still just like with my oldest daughter instilling the things that we believe in and the foundation. And I want her to have certain beliefs, even about herself, Sure. because you can look at social media and see all kinds of things and start comparing yourself. And, 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 and I have had to catch myself because I'm trying to do so many things, my Instagram and trying to, you know, do all these things that I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Have I taken time with her today? And have I gotten off of social media to make sure that I've talked to her and checked in with her and you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's a lot. It's a I'm lot. sure. I'm <laughs> sure. But balance is key. I feel like social media is it's it's a gift and a curse on so many levels, but I think it could be the curse if you let it get there. But as long as you are mindful, following accounts that bring you joy, like you said, if you have the young children that are on social media, making sure you're being mindful with them, taking the time and just trying to monitor, knowing who your children are talking to. I think that's a big one. And God knows my heart is probably going to be with one as my son gets older, like just thinking about it now. But it's our reality, you know? But anyway, I just wanted to go into that. But tell me, tell me your journey into becoming a chef is are you I know the the term now you see certain certain people on Instagram, the self taught chefs and some famous Aisha Curry, and there's some other famous Daniel Walker. Did you go to school? Tell me everything about your journey into becoming a chef. Awesome. Well, I'll just say this. So when I was younger, I just remember like on Saturday mornings, there were a few cooking shows, not many, back then there was no food network. Okay. So (laughs) those that are younger that may be listening, there was no food network back then, but we did have PBS and we had certain chefs Mm -hmm. that would come on on the weekends, you know, Julia Childs and things Mm -hmm. like that. And my dad loved cooking. My dad was the cook in the house. My mom could not cook. I love her. (laughs) So we would always look forward to the weekends because we knew we were going to have some really good food. And so my dad would sit on Saturday morning, he would, you know, get in there and he'd be looking at the shows and I'd go and sit with him and, and watch. And I really saw how much he loved that. So this is the God's honest truth. I literally went to culinary school just to kind of like gain more acceptance from my dad. That's why I went. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and it was because I really didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. Sure. So I was just like, okay, what could I do? What could I do? Anyway, long story short, went to culinary school, made it through. I went to Scottsdale Culinary Institute. It's actually no longer there, but it's Le Cordon Bleu. And I've now been in the industry. This is my 20th year, actually, from when I graduated. And I've just really grown to love it over the years. And really what I love is to teach. So I love to teach cooking classes. I love to, I, I've taught, you know, growing people and little kids and I just teaching is really my gift and I do that through food that's 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 awesome so I want to go back to you saying acceptance from your dad so I feel it's important because I think as children we look up to our parents right I think of my son and my husband's favorite sport is basketball so the minute the game is on and you know it's adorable he's like daddy the Knicks are playing and they're watching it and you know he's asking he's three and he's asking questions and all of that stuff and you hear of children having that and whatever their mother their father so I know you said from young so when you started what was that age though that you actually picked up and started did you tell your dad like 
I want to help you cook. Like, what was that age that you actually went to school to do that? Was it after high school, you know, and did it make you and your father closer? So like I said, when I was growing up, I'd watch, you know, shows with him. He was more like the type of cook though, that would be like everybody out of the kitchen. He didn't want us in the kitchen. So the person that I actually cooked with in the kitchen was my grandmother. She mm. loved to cook. Yeah. She, she, oh my gosh. My grandmother was an amazing cook and she didn't mind cooking with us or showing us, you know, what to do. So I cooked a lot of things with her and absolutely loved it. And so that did kind of make me love cooking and getting in there in the kitchen mm -hmm. um, and doing all that hands-on with her. But when I went to culinary school, I was 23 when I went oh, to wow. culinary school. So it was a few years after high school. I had gone to a university out here in Texas for a while. I ended up not graduating, but I moved and I had moved to Nebraska with my sister. I had, I just got a few jobs. Sure. My sister actually sat me down and like had this come to Jesus moment with me and was like, you need to pick something. You need to do something. Like you can't just go from job to job. You need an education. Damn. You need to do something. And I had gotten accepted at a university right out of high school, but I was pregnant at the time. So mm. my, my parents were like, Hey, we'll keep her while you go or whatever, you know, like we don't mind. And I was just like, I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And so fast forward a few years later, I decided to go to culinary school after the conversation with my sister. And I was like, okay, so the culinary school from where my parents lived was about three hours away. So I mm -hmm. was far enough where I could focus in, you know, focus on my studies and what I need sure. to do. But I was still close enough to get home to my daughter if anything would, you know, happen and I can go on the weekends and things like that. So that made me feel better. I was like, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how that happened. So it was a few years after high school and I decided, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I actually, going through the program, it was like an advanced program. So it was like eight to 10 hours a day. Wow. Yeah. So it was every day, eight to 10 hours a day. Like it was, it was very intense. It was an advanced program and it was about a year and a half, just all day, every day. So, <laughs> so now was it something that you also found a love with? Because it's interesting because I think our generation, it's funny how you said your sister was like, you got to get a job. And it's like, that's so then, and I'm thinking about like, I don't think that would be now. Now everyone's like, no, pick what you want. And you might take time. Like it's that whole, like, laissez-faire attitude like it'll come you know and you can be multifaceted and you you know so many things were back then you know I know even me grandpa was like no you got to do this go to school find this or figure something out where now I think we have much more options and there's just different things but what was that process like did you love it like even though I know you know you learned to cook from your grandma and getting some of that validation from your dad did you fall in love with it because sometimes we go into jobs like I went to school for accounting because I started working at a bank and I just went with my opportunities, but I wasn't necessarily in love with it. So did you, when did you realize like it was something you're passionate about and you're like, yeah, I want to do this in essence forever. Absolutely. So I don't feel like, like right after school or whatever, I did it. And my dad was so proud. Like the look on his face at graduation <laughs> was like, this is why I did this, you know? <laughs> but at that point, no, I was not in love with it. And it took a while. It literally did. I went after school, I went into restaurant management and I believe it wasn't until I started after I got married, I, I was like, okay, I can't do restaurant management anymore because the hours are just crazy. And so I feel like the more I got into catering and I started my dessert company, mm. that's when I began to fall in love with it. I was like, 
just, you know, testing recipes and just in the kitchen with myself and my own thoughts. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really good at this. And I'm actually falling in love with this. And then I really, what I really fell in love was, with was the reaction from other people when they tasted what I did. And I'm like, wow. Cause it, you know, a lot of the things I started off with just confections, which were like, you know, almond English toffee. And you see those big caramel apples with all those things. Like those are the kinds of things I started with. And I actually had them in a store, a local store here for a while. And when I would see people's reactions to those desserts and things like that, I was like, wow, this is working. This is really working for me. And it's something when I would get into the kitchen, I would really enjoy it because it was time to myself. And I would just think like, all the stresses would go away, mm-hmm. all the stresses of the day, you know, just a lot of times I pray while I'm, while I'm yeah. uh, cooking, just everything. I'm, I just, just like me time, you know? And I was like, I, that's when I begin to really fall in love with cooking, but no, I, I feel like initially because it wasn't even about me, I wasn't in love with it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I don't suggest to anyone. <laughs> don't do things for other people. You know what I'm saying? You really got to have to, you really have to, to figure out what it is that you love to do. Like, just like you mentioned, as far as like my sister's like, yeah, you know, you know, you can't, you need an education, you need this. Yeah. And I'm totally the opposite. <laughs> I'm totally the opposite person. Like, you know, you, you really got to find, because at the end of the day, if you hate what you do and you're not in love with it and you're, you know, it just doesn't work. And then you end up doing something else and then something else and, you know, going around like, you know, spinning, spinning wheels and it's just not. Sure. It's, and it could be a waste of time. I mean, I think there's also nothing wrong with trying to figure it out in, in between, Absolutely. you know, and trying to figure out your way for sure. I mean, and obviously look, it worked out for you. And it's amazing that you said it's something that you actually use as almost like your therapy or your self-care time, which is something that is your, in essence, your profession. It's your, it's your life. You, it's something you get paid to do. And yeah. you're like, I actually pray during it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's amazing because I think everyone aspires to get to a place to where, you know, they, their job kind of fulfills them. And it sounds like when you're in the kitchen and and doing some of those things, it fulfills you in that way. So that's awesome. And tell me some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, and maybe some tips to someone out there who maybe wants to become a chef and like some high level things, like not if you can summarize, because I'm sure there's so much, but to say, you know, these are like the top three things that work for me. And I suggest doing and maybe suggest not doing, you know, if there is. Yeah, absolutely. So number one, like you just have to believe in yourself and comparison is real. You know, when I was years ago, I used to compare myself to everybody, everything I was doing, I would compare and then I would just feel horrible, (laughs) you know, but you like, like I heard someone recently say, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10, you know? And that's so true because it will just have you depressed and everything else. So like literally just believe in yourself and just keep and just continue. You know what? I, I loved the the whole little um, story of the tortoise and the hare, you know, because you, if you just keep going or like Dory in the movie, you know, just keep swimming. Like that is my motto in life. Like you have to just keep going and it doesn't matter. And you have to just believe that you are where exactly where you're supposed to be. Like, don't compare yourself. That's number one. Number two, I would, I, this is another thing I struggled with early on is pricing. Like I would give everybody discounts or I'm sitting here in my head, like, oh, they probably can't afford that. Like what do I know what they could afford? You know, at the end of the day, my work is my work and it's worth every penny. 
And there are plenty of people that don't, even to this day, they don't buy my, my stuff because it is a little bit higher price. But then I have other people buy it like I'm charging a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like they have no problem. They buy it. They send it to friends, family, and everybody else. Like they don't care. And those are my customers. And I just have to realize that they, there are going to be some people that are my customers and there are going to be some that aren't. Mm-hmm. And I have to be okay with that because I'm going to charge what I'm worth because at the end of the day, when I used to discount all of my stuff and I would feel so horrible at the end of the day, because I'm like, wow, I hardly made anything Yeah, because I didn't charge enough. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't, at the end of the day, it's not good for your self-esteem. It's not good for your business. It's not good for your pocket. None, none of that. You know? I would imagine it might even also make you resent the fact and put, put you in a funk of you resenting the whole process, you know, and maybe looking at that size. So that's important to, to say that. First of all, I've said this many a times on my podcast with other entrepreneurs and, and women business owners on here. We never charge our value. We're always afraid to really step up and say who we or what our worth is. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm glad that you realized that. And that's you. Not everyone is, you know, going to be your customer. And you're like, it's okay with that. The ones that really are that, you know, are going to appreciate what I'm bringing to the table or what this is, then they're the ones that ultimately you want. So that's good. That's exactly right. And I was having that conversation with my daughter the other day, my oldest daughter about, you know, that the money conversation is a hard thing for a lot of people. And, but it's the one thing that we need to live, survive buy the things that we need, change our environment. Sometimes we need money and it's, I don't, I don't understand. So we just have to get comfortable with that conversation and be okay with, with the fact that, like I say, some people might be my customers and some aren't. And you know what the funny thing is? I'll say this really quick, is that a lot of the people that may have been like, oh, that's okay. Okay. I don't want it because it's this price. At the end of the day, a lot of them have come back around and they're like, well, you know what? I've tasted other cakes and I've tried all these and they're not good. So I'm just going to go ahead and pay you (laughs) because you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you just have to stick to your guns and it'll be all right. It'll work out. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. So that's the second thing is just charge what you're worth. And at the end of the day, the third thing that I would say is just have a vision for what, where you want to go and what you want your life to be. Like, I wish years and years ago that someone told me, and this is, I think now in the self-help age that we're in, mm-hmm. we see so much of, you know, speak positive and the law of attraction. <laughs> I didn't hear any of that growing up, any of that. No Mm -hmm. one told me that I could have a vision for my life. Like no one told me like to dream big and Mm -hmm. I didn't hear any of that. And it was probably around me, but just not in my family and where I lived, you know? And I really wish someone had told me that it's like the sky is the limit. Just dream big and you can have that. You know what I'm saying? And my thoughts growing up were, I, I were a lot of negativity around me. And so I just... I didn't have the mindset that I have now. Oh my God, I'd be so much farther if I had the mindset I have now <laughs> back then, girl. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's yeah. my goal. Just dream big. Like nothing is impossible. And I agree. I think, yeah, we are in that self-help. We are in that thing of like, you can be anything. I mean, we've had some historic things happen over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, really, you know, with President Obama and, and certain things that have come into place that were like, wow, you know, there are certain levels of achievement that certain people can can aspire to be Kamala Harris, you know, and, and things. And I mean, that's, 
I say that because I'm like, those are big things that, you know, children of color can see and to say, wow, you know, maybe not even on that level, but yes, having positive affirmations. And I think that's where the beauty where we were talking about social media comes in because you can see that right in other women and, and saying, okay, wait, yes, that's true. If I do this or hearing other women's stories where there was no social media, you, you knew what you knew based on your circle, our parents and their parents are doing the best that they can based on what they knew. And that was it. We're now we have more of that village via however million people or whatever, you know, that we could follow. So, so yeah, so that's awesome. Why don't we go into your cookbooks, how that started and your YouTube channel? I actually saw a couple (laughs) videos. So tell me, you know, did the cookbooks come before, after what made you get into the YouTube realm, you know, and, and all that, I guess I, the influencer social media aspect. Absolutely. So that's so funny that you're even, you looked at the YouTube. So I haven't done videos in a long time, but I'm getting back into it. I'm so excited. I was going to ask if you are. I am getting back into it. So I started my videos just basically like, I want to do something, you know, a lot of people, I used to go live on Facebook a whole lot and do a lot of cooking. And a lot of people were like, Oh, you need your own show, you know? And I'm like, that would be totally fine. I mean, it would be totally fun, but I don't know anybody to get a show. So let me just do my own. (laughs) I know nobody, you know, I'm like, well, let me just do my own, you know, Hey, there's YouTube. And it was so funny. I got so much good feedback on that. And it was so much fun. And so my daughter, look, I always talk about my daughter. My oldest daughter was my, my videographer. And Mm -hmm. so I don't have her here anymore, but I'm figuring out a way to, to get back on YouTube myself. And I'm so excited about it because it's really my, like, that was my happy place. I loved it. And so now that I've started Brown Girls Cook, I'm going to be doing a lot of things with that and a lot of collaborations with other food bloggers and chefs and things like that. And we're going to put all that on YouTube. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? The cookbooks, the cookbooks. Yes. Okay. So I have my cookbook during COVID. So let me back up. Actually, for many, many years, I have been saying I wanted to write a cookbook. Never did it because I was just always too busy. And of course, when COVID happened, well, hey, I just have a lot of time. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is perfect. Let me go ahead and just try it. And I put a deadline on myself because I know myself. If I don't give myself a deadline, you know, I'll just keep on going. And so I put my, put a deadline and I was like, Hey, I got to have this done. And so I literally wrote it in just a few months, which a lot of people take years to write a cookbook, but I have like over 50, no, I have over 50 something recipes in there, but I made many, many more that just didn't make the cut, you know, but the um, cookbook is just a culmination of things that I loved growing up and things that I've tasted since I've been an adult and just all kinds of recipes that are that are really really good and I've gotten really good feedback so it's called let's say grace and I'm absolutely in love with the book and I'm just really proud of myself that I hankered down and got it done so that's amazing accomplishment for 2020 yeah so did you do the whole publication yourself did you where can people get the book like speak on that Yes. So I did self-publish and it was so funny when I was in the process of that, I could, I had to like get bits of pieces of information, couldn't find like, where do I do this? And how do I do that? Like, it was, it was really a lot, but I did it and I self-published and now soon I'm going to be helping other people self-publish too, because even after that, I had a lot of friends and people on my Facebook, especially they were like, I've always wanted to write a cookbook. And, And that's the thing. Sometimes you don't know, like the things that you're, you're not doing and the things that you've held yourself back from doing. Maybe somebody else is waiting for you to do it 
to be inspired. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't expect that part, but a lot of people reached out and they were like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do that. And since you're doing this, since you did it, I think I want to do it too, you wow. know? And I think that's amazing. And that is so amazing. yeah, I self-published. And so it's on my browngirlscook.com. You can okay. go on there and order the book. And yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I'm already trying to go to because I love cookbooks. I do enjoy cooking. And it's funny because before I had my son, like I loved entertaining and, and making, you know, looking at a recipe and building things from scratch. And then since having my son, which I'm sure you could attest to, or maybe not because I know you enjoyed cooking, unless you're what, what do they call it the plumber who doesn't like fix their own plumbing. So it's like, do you cook at home? Do you enjoy cooking at home? <laughs> Well, look, I'm not going to lie. I don't cook all the time. <laughs> I totally don't cook all the time. Sometimes I get into the mode and they're like, are you going to cook anything? <laughs> That's hilarious. But I can imagine because, yeah, I mean, you've been cooking all, you know, and uh, yes. I mean, and it's a business. So you have other things. So that's funny. But yeah, I also enjoy cooking. But since my son and I only have one, I'm like. And with all the other things I'm trying to do, cooking just sometimes tends to fall below. But I still love a good, I still love a good cookbook. So I'm already coming, I'm already, <laughs> yes, looking to purchase. Because I feel like, especially coming from a woman that I'm talking to, right? And I'm, I'm getting a sense, like, I can imagine, like, they're just, you know, the meals, like you said, you grew up with and, like, home meals that you can have, you know, with your family. Or if you're having a, a dinner party or something like that. So, yes, I, I have definitely breakfast, lunch, dinner, appetizers, desserts, everything. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So tell me before we go into Brown Girls Cook, because I know that seems like that's a passion of yours. What about your shop platinum desserts? Because I was looking on that page and I'm like, how do I order? Like, you know, is that still ongoing? Tell me I about. Know. So a lot of people have been reaching out about platinum desserts. So that is, that's my baby, but I am deciding right now, I think I'm just going to do that seasonally because I have so many projects going on, but my biggest season is around the holidays anyway. And so sometimes keeping it open because I don't have a physical location for that. And I just work out of a kitchen. So I, I feel like it would be better suited if I just did that during the holidays, because that's where the majority of my orders come. I am slammed, you know, before Thanksgiving, all the way through the new year. So I think I'm just going to do that with platinum desserts and then the rest of the projects and, and all the YouTube and the, and the podcast and everything that's coming out, just be able to focus on that during the year. Because a lot of times, like if I'm in the kitchen all day with those orders, then it's really hard for me to I'm sure the rest. Yeah. So I, and I see I'm on here, your Etsy shop, it says, email me when they're back. So I'm yeah. going to click on that. You're <laughs> welcome. Okay, cool. So now we're going to Brown Girls Cook. Tell me all about Brown Girls Cook and where the inspiration came behind that. And yeah, and what it means to you, what your vision is for it, you know, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So during COVID, while we're sitting here with a lot of time on our hands, I started to think, you know, I have been somewhat of an influencer out here in Dallas for a while now. And I get invited to, you know, different food events to cover it and, you know, post it on my Instagram and things like that. But there was a time right before COVID, me and some other ladies had met at an event. And I was the only black one. And then there was a few other ladies of different races, but we all decided to form a group, which was great. And, and I'm telling you the story because this is how Brown Girls Cook came about. So we formed a group and we're like, yeah, we could like do stuff together and, you know, take pictures on Instagram and, you know, do different activities and people would see us as a group. And, and it actually, you know, started picking up traction around here. And one day, one of the ladies, she came to me and she said, well, Christiana, I see that like sometimes 
you don't invite it. Like we've all invited each other to different like invitations that we get to go to different restaurants and things like that. But you don't ever invite us to anything. And I said, well, I said, now let me just explain to you why that is. I said, because I do every so often when there's like big events around here, I get invited. The things that you all get invited to, I don't get invitations to. And I'm the only one in the group that deals with food. Those, they were like all lifestyle bloggers and stuff like that. I'm the only food blogger and they're the ones getting the invitations to the restaurants, you know? So like, ding, ding, ding. Does that ring a bell? Does that, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't add up, does it? And so I realized in talking to some of my other friends around here that are women of color, the same thing goes for them. Yeah. And I said, and a lot of times when you see me at events, I've paid to be there. You know, I've bought my ticket. I didn't get comps like you or either I have to reach out and ask, can I get a ticket? But you all automatically get tickets. And so I just started thinking like, if no one's going to celebrate us or recognize us as women of color, I want to create that space. And I want to highlight us and celebrate us because I feel like we do just as many amazing things as everyone else around here, you know, and, and I'm sure it happens in all the other cities. So really, you know, Brown Girls Cook is new, but that is something that I want to create. I really want to create a space for women of color like myself that are doing things in food. And I, I mean, I've met just on Clubhouse alone, like women that have come out with amazing food brands and all these things. I'm like, I've never even heard of you. Like, where have you been? You know, but it's mm-hmm. because they're not highlighted like other yeah. are, like our counterparts. And so that's what I'm trying to create. I'm going to be coming up with some collaborations and doing some things in the future to really get the word out. But that is what I wanted it to be. Just like a really, just a safe space and a haven for women of color that are doing things in food and to bring us together and to highlight us and show us off to the world that we're doing it too. So that's amazing. (laughs) And I know you're in Dallas, so I would imagine I'm on the website now that you're trying to branch out or is your, you're like, okay, let me focus in the Dallas area and surrounding areas and then branch out or you're just like look we're on the internet you know let's branch out as best we can yes we absolutely want to branch out and as soon as like everything opens back up what i really want to do is take some like do some cooking events and go from city to city that is my dream that is really what i'd love to do and connect with different influencers and stuff in those cities and you know make it open for people to come in and see us cooking and having having conversations about what we're doing and our experiences, you know, as women of color in, in this industry. And so that's really what I want to do. But yeah, I'm definitely wanting to open this up to everybody. All that's over. amazing. I love that. I think, yeah, I think having, sometimes you got to build your own table. Like yeah, just, you, you got to, go. you have to build your own table and your own platform, you know, yes, yeah, so to speak for you to say what needs to be said or to say, you know, I have a voice to, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, or look what I can do. Let me showcase you since you don't, you know, and I, I think I'm still kind of like, that's crazy that they would just invite. And I'm assuming know that you're even part of that, that collaboration, but not send an invite. Like that's, I think still mind boggling, but also sadly not surprised. Like it's, it's one of those things, you know, but that's good that you took that and said, okay, then you know what, let me do something with that. And let me show that, you know, round girls can cook and that there is a space of these, you know, awesome ladies who are doing things within this industry and showcasing them. So that's awesome. So where I see you have a podcast coming soon. I do. I do. So we're (laughs) like, I'm trying to be like you. Um, (laughs) 
Yes, I'm super excited about it. And so what we're, I'm getting the lineup right now and it's going to actually, we're going to have it on YouTube as well. So awesome. it's going to be um, audio and video and I'm super excited about it. I, I thought about doing some of the, the video and, but I, I was working, I had a full-time job. This is, was kind of like a, not a hobby, but something that I, I felt passionate about, which, like I said, giving moms a platform, talking about certain things that I wanted to talk about that I felt wasn't talking about in the motherhood experience and certain things within women of color with internal health things and all of that. And so I wanted to create my own space. But now that I'm kind of building my own thing, I've also kind of thought of some of the videos. So I might have to get some, some advice from you and some tips like how, you know, what did you do in the YouTube thing? But yeah. what's crazy is there's so many people to follow, which is awesome that can help you with that. You know, whether it's the lighting that you need or the equipment that you need. And I always find it how great it is when you meet people that are willing to give you that information and willing to kind of help you. Yeah. And so, you know, I see you're trying to do that. Let me, let me show you what to do. So that's, that's awesome that, you know, you have that coming in the works. So where do you see, before we kind of get into some fun questions to just to get to know you a little bit more, where do you see Brown Girls Cook? I know you said you'd like to go into almost doing like a, around the country, almost like a tour, you know, so to speak. But where else do you see? Or do you see yourself writing another cookbook? I know you said certain projects, but, you know, what's your what would you like in Christiana's five year goal from now? world domination or cooking domination. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So with, as far as the cookbook, so I've already thought about that and cookbook are a lot of work and it's a dream for a lot of people. So what I wanted to do is women that are like involved with Brown Girls Cook, if that is a dream of theirs, mm. we could do a collaboration on a cookbook. So have multiple women in the, in the cookbook, have their favorite recipes in there so they can finally say they have, they are an author, that's you know? Awesome. So that's one thing. And then of course, like I said, traveling, doing the um, live cooking sessions and having those conversations with women in different cities. I would love to do that. And then also just having ambassadors all across the US in different cities. So coming up with an ambassador program and already have a lot of women. Now I'm on Clubhouse, not as often as I should be. I haven't actually been on there in a while, but last time I checked, we had like over 4,000 women in the Brown Girls Cook group. And they're super excited, but it's just kind of hard. Like when everything's just audio, I don't know. I got, I got to figure this out. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I don't have an iPhone. So I feel like that I'm telling I was telling my husband, I was like, I think I need to get on this iPhone thing. If I'm going to try and take my businesses that I have, I'm like, I feel like I'm missing out because it's like this whole <laughs> realm and Android users. I have an Android are like the last ones, but that's wow. funny that you said that because I know that they say clubhouse is a big thing, but to your point, yeah, I think I know this is the new, the new, new, the new normal because of COVID and there's certain things, right? I think webinars will still be here to stay and there's certain things and we may never get to a place to where, well, I can't say that, you know, where maybe there's like thousands and thousands of people with maybe some restrictions, but I see your point of like, sometimes the audio, like you, you want that connection, you know, it's, yeah. I think, yeah, you're talking to someone, whatever on your phone, but imagine doing that in like a theater or like a thing to where you could really connect. But I guess in the meantime, you have the clubhouse and you try. Yeah. And we have conversations about food, but I just feel like, especially cause we've talked about cooking. Cause everybody's like, yeah, we want to cook together. But to me, unless I've seen it, like it's not weird, the same. You know? Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> definitely no. That's true. It's like, yeah, you're talking about it, but you're like, no, we need to, cooking to your point. It's like cooking can't just talk. You have to actually see it and, exactly. you know, and all of that, that stuff. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure that 
clubhouse thing out. <laughs> yeah. So anything, so you were saying about the, the base, I call it the tour, but yeah, like Brown Girls cook yes. tour. I love the cookbook collaboration, anything else? Yeah. I mean, I'm just sure. The- just the ambassador thing. And then just really growing the podcast and the YouTube. I'm super excited about that. I just came from a, I was in Atlanta and this past weekend at a conference and this guy is doing amazing with his podcast on YouTube. And, you know, some people listen to it on audio, but his YouTube is blowing up. And so he gave you know, all the good information, which I don't mind sharing with you. Oh, and you. and so, yeah, so I'm just super excited. That's, that's where I'm going to be headed and just trying to reach as many people as possible. Many brown yeah. <laughs> And that's where I think for me in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's just YouTube. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I, I have, you know, it's successful. I have quite a few thousands of downloads and things, but I'm like, if I'm really trying to highlight certain things and really bring awareness to certain things, then maybe I need to kind of step away from just thinking audio and thinking bigger. So I'm glad I'm talking to you because now that's giving me inspiration, maybe not tomorrow, but of saying, okay, maybe I need to make this more, more visual as well. Because I know that is everyone, YouTube is like, that's the next (laughs) realm or the realm that's been there for a while. Okay. So Christiana, what do you do? I know you have so much going on. I know you have a 25 year old, but you have a 15 year old. So that's still, you're still in mommy mode. Um, You have a husband, you have family. What do you do to recharge, to refill? your cup. I know you said you enjoyed cooking, but what else do you do to kind of get you grounded again? Oh, I think a lot of prayer and meditation. Mm. That's, that's my thing. I have to like have those moments where I get away by myself and just me, myself and God, like Mm. I have conversations all day with God, but just, I really need that time to myself. And, and it's funny because a lot of people don't think I am an introvert, but I am. And I do what I have to do when I have to do it, but it kind of, I, I need that time to just, just to recharge, you know, it's really important for me. So yeah, just, just getting off to myself. And sometimes it's just reading a book, you know, or listening. I listen to a lot of motivational speakers and, and self-help people on YouTube. And so that's, that's really big, but just that time away, I have to get that time away. Or I'm not <laughs> <laughs> No, I hear you. Yeah, I think I talked to God too. Like I, I was funny, I was talking to someone, one of my guests, and she was saying she has done meditation for like 25 years. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, teach me all the things. And it was so fascinating because she was like, it's just, she broke it down in such a way. She's like, you know, it's just being still with yourself. And she's like, whether that's praying. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, so that is right when I'm praying. And she's like, absolutely. Cause there'll be times where before I get out of bed, I'm just like, thank you. And I just kind of, I want this and this and thank you, father. Thank you, God. And just kind of go through my one-on-one deal with him. And that make that makes me grounded, you know? And she's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's an essence, you know? And she's like, and if you do that a couple of times a day or before you go to bed or whenever it is, you know, sometimes that's just what you, and if that's what you need, then that's what you need. So it's, it's interesting that you said the prayer and the meditation, because I think so many people are like the meditation and the breathing. And I'm like, that's me just in my mind. I'm like praying because the minute I go in that space, I immediately want to just talk to God. Yeah, you know, and just go there. So that's awesome that that you said that because I'm I'm right there with you. What's a favorite book or one that you would like to recommend, or even maybe a favorite audio or self help, whatever you anything that kind of that you know you've either read or heard that you're like, yeah, I need to let the people know about this. One that I'm reading right now is called Draw the Circle. 
and it's by um, Mark Batterson. And it's like a 40 day prayer challenge. What I like about it is that it's super practical though. It's not like, you know, cause like sometimes even when I'm like trying to read the Bible, I've had to get different versions of it. Cause I'm like, I don't understand what that means. So, so, <laughs> so I mean, I'm a pastor's kid. I don't understand what that means. So, but draw the circle is just so practical. And he gives like so many examples of how, like whatever it is that he's talking about, how it, it applies to like his life mm. and what happened. And I just love it. And it's just really, really short chapters. So it's not like you're reading, you know, 20 pages and each chapter, like really short chapters that you can read every day. And, and it's like a 40 day, I think I said a, a 40 day prayer challenge, but it just like, it just gives you that little spark, like, oh, okay, let me kind of like focus on that part today, you know, on, on that thing. And I don't know, I just feel like it's just changed my perspective on God and prayer as I've been going through it. And I, I just really enjoy it. So that's called draw the circle. And it's like, it's talking about drawing a circle basically around your life and your family and your friends, like just drawing a circle in prayer around your life. And I, oh. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What's the best business advice you've received? Or maybe even worse, something or something you want to be like, yeah, no, be the best or worst. <laughs> but, we'll, we, you know, let's be positive. Let's be positive. Let's say I think because that was my main challenge, just selling myself short, mm. not to sell myself short, you know, and, and just to believe in my abilities and my talents and my gifts and that they're just as good as anybody else's. So I think yeah. that was like that really changed when I started to believe that it really changed for me in business. That's awesome. What has motherhood taught you? Ooh, lots. <laughs> motherhood has really taught me to, I'd say to look at myself first. You know what? This is when I was in corporate and, oh, I was a manager at Panera Bread. I think this was at the time I was a manager at Panera Bread. And they taught us, one of the things is if you had to reprimand someone, if they were not doing well, right? First, what you want to do is approach them and don't blame them. So what you're going to do is you're going to say, I don't know if I explained the policy. You're, you're going you're gonna to refer back to the policy, but you're going to put it on yourself and say, okay, maybe I didn't explain the policy well when we first, you know, when you first signed your papers, when you first got hired or whatever. This is what it says. So may, I'm going to put it on me. Maybe this is my fault that I didn't go through this, you know? And so I feel like even with my kids in motherhood, like I've had to, when, when different situations would arise and, and I, and one thing I have to thank God is that I have really good girls. Like they've not given me a bunch of problems, you know, but when things do arise, like sometimes I have to look at myself and say, okay, maybe I didn't explain this correctly, or maybe I didn't come across the right way or, you know what I'm saying? A, a lot of, a lot of, what do you call it? Introspective? Introspective. Mm -hmm. Introspective. Yeah. A lot of that going on with me. And just to make sure that like, maybe I didn't come across right, or maybe, you know what I'm saying? And even me growing up, I didn't hear a lot of apologies from my parents, you know? I don't think and, none of us did. None of us right, did from right. that generation. I still don't think, I don't think I hear my parents say too much of it now too. My dad's like, nope. I'm, I'm there like, you okay. go. <laughs> exactly. But mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that parent. And I didn't want to be the parent that, because that, that's how I grew up. I didn't want to tell my parents anything. I didn't want to talk to them about anything. And, you know, because I already knew what was coming. And so I didn't want to be that parent. And so parenthood has taught me to look at myself and to know that I'm not perfect. And every, just because I'm the parent, I'm not perfect. And I may have messed up, you know, and, and it's, and I'm not too big to say, I'm sorry when I do mess up. 
to my kids. And so it's just been so many lessons over the years, you know, with my kids. But I, I always tell my kids, one thing I don't want at the end of the day is for, for me to be the reason why you're in therapy. Like I totally believe, I totally believe in therapy. I think therapy is amazing. I don't want to be the main reason why you have to go to therapy. You know what I'm saying? So if I have to say, I'm sorry, if I have to, you know, whatever it is, like, let's get this right. And I want the lines of communication to stay open with me and my kids. But that's deep because in essence, like I get what you're saying. And I believe in therapy as well and mental health and all of that, because someone could be going through internally. But your point to that of saying, like, let's let's figure it out now. Like, I want you to feel like if there's anything I what's the word, like if you're um, not resenting, but if there's any underlying issues or if there's anything, whatever, like, let's deal with it as opposed to you having to go to therapy to talk to a stranger about what we got going on. Exactly. Exactly. So that's so deep with it. And to go to your corporate thing, it's so funny because I was a a high level executive before I had my son accounting and HR. That's kind of the industry that I, that I come from. And I had a team and I I didn't have my son, but I had a team like, I don't know, I think the most I probably managed like seven or eight, but it was, you know, I had multiple companies that we were in charge of in the back end for accounting an HR that I was helping with. And I was like, gosh, is this like, is this like parenthood? Is this like motherhood of like trying to manage and everybody has different issues and problems and how I talked to, I don't know, Michael, maybe is not how I talked to Rebecca because Rebecca's this way. And I'm like learning all of these things. And when I would take the leadership courses and I'm like, gosh, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of how I would imagine like parents or at, at some point they would come to me and I'm like, look, figure it out, like figure it out because I can't do this. And you know, like that. And then my son's here and I'm like, it's so true. So you saying maybe what have I, you know, maybe where did I lack? A lot of times they do teach you that of leadership. Like, okay, well, look, you know, come with a more positive approach, not the negative way. Like, oh no, you messed up. It's like, okay, no, how did I do something? So a lot of, yes, me now raising my little guy, I think a lot of those corporate skills and leadership skills kind of, cause it all kind of goes the same, right? You're trying to manage your household. You're trying to lead a team. If you have more than one children, keep everybody, you know, happy and healthy. And as I say, God fearing, God loving and, and, you know, just good human beings. And a lot of that goes with what you're saying as far as being in corporate. Exactly. And even with my, my 15 year old, so sometimes things will come up in conversation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never talked to you about that. Like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, because I, yeah, I've talked, it's like when you're your first child, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, you're so careful and you're so this and that, and you're like on top of it. And then your next one, you're just like a little bit more lax. And then I'm like, oh my God, did I not talk to you about that? Or did I not explain that to you? Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, you know, but it's just like basic things. Like I don't want her leaving the house and not knowing basic things, you know? And so it's just like, it's definitely a journey, but I'm just like, oh Lord, me and my husband talk about it all the time. I'm like, I didn't tell her this, or I didn't tell her that, or, you know. (laughs) To your point, it's like, you can't remember everything, just like you can't think of everything in business might come up. You can never imagine in motherhood. And even if your friends could tell you every, I mean, my little guy, he's he's only three, but I'm like from zero to, from a a, a week old or a day old to three, things have changed in a different season. And, you know, he's growing and I'm like, you know, I think motherhood uh, to your point is just like it's like never ending you're constantly evolving with your child and how they're growing and making you have to grow a step further too you know or to being humble and be like being humble enough to be like you know what I don't know the answer to that but let's figure it out together exactly 
Exactly. No, I did want to ask, there was something I had asked you before I do my final thoughts to the podcast world. It was about cooking. I think I was going to ask you like, well, I guess I could ask who's your favorite cook or someone that you really look up to and what's your favorite like style of cooking or type of cooking? Like, do you like, you're in Texas or are you into Southern food? Totally admire Alex Guarnicelli. She is amazing. And I love her because she has beat Bobby Flay. If you beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I don't know who that is. Okay, so she is a chef on the Food Network and she's not on a whole, whole lot of shows, but she's amazing. And I follow her on Instagram and everywhere else. And, you know, very few on that Beat Bobby Flay show, uh, very few chefs have beat him and she's beat Mm -hmm. him multiple times and I love it. (laughs) Wow. Like, I just love her. I love her style and her, she's just really relaxed and just very even keel. And she just, she's not one that's very, she's not, you could tell she's not intimidated by anybody, but she's also not trying to intimidate anybody. She just is Mm -hmm. who she is. And I love that about her. So I I love Alex. And then as far as my favorite, like kind of food that I love to cook, I love Asian food. And I literally tried to not make my whole cookbook Asian food. (laughs) It's crazy, but I love Asian food. I could eat it every day. And, you know, I grew up at, in a military town. My, I, I'm actually a military brat, but we settled in a military town and my dad was a pastor. And so every Sunday, like back in the day, you know, on, on Sundays, they would be like, Pastor Brown, um, you want to come to our house for, for dinner? You know, so we would get invited to all these different people's houses. And because we were in a military base, it was like so diverse. So one Sunday I might be eating at someone's house who was from the Philippines and then someone mm. else who was from Trinidad and someone else. Oh, from- that's awesome. It was amazing. So I grew up on a lot of different types of food and didn't realize until I moved later on that. Not everybody ate like that all the time. You know, they weren't exposed to different dishes like that. So, but yeah, I would say any type of Asian food is just like, it's my thing. And I love to cook it. <laughs> what about eating? Same thing. Any type of Asian food is your thing? Oh. <laughs> I'm there for it. Heidi, I am there for it. I don't, <laughs> all of it. Yes. Me too. Yes. There, And, and I, it's funny because I love Indian food too. And there's a Guyanese restaurant that we also love. And one of the reasons why I love it is because you get so much, you know, at one time. But Asian, like I'll, I'll, I'll be in the mood for it. I'm like, oh, but it can only last because they don't give, you know, so many large portions. And when I'm thinking exactly. of like, okay, because I don't want to cook tomorrow. I'm like, damn, if I get Asian, that means I'm going to have to cook because it's going to be gone by the end of the day, <laughs> you know, because it just is where, you know, Indian, it's filling, Guyanese food, those are things that you know, can last a few days in our home. So that's funny you said that because yeah, I love Asian food. I mean, I love food in general, but it's so true because I'm like, oh, if I get Asian. So if I do, a lot of times it's maybe a Friday or Saturday where I know I'm not going to cook at all. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, Asian food. Okay, Christiana, well, it was a pleasure having you on. Any final thoughts to the podcast world? Maybe tell my listeners how they can follow you, even though I'll put that in the show notes as well, but um, how they can follow you on Instagram your websites, and then yeah, any final thoughts that you have? Absolutely. Well, you can follow me at Christiana Clark on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well. Christiana Clark have a Facebook page for Brown Girls Cook on on Instagram and on Facebook. I actually on Instagram though, I just because I was at this meeting this um, past weekend, they told me just to do everything on one page, make it easy. So Mm -hmm. let's just keep it on Christiana Clark (laughs) on Instagram. And yeah, so that's where you can find me. I'm not really big on Twitter. So just mainly Facebook and Instagram. And lastly, you know what, as far as like, especially being a mom, you know what, we're all doing the best we can. 
we're all doing the best we can and just reach out to other moms if you need mm -hmm. support, if you need, you know, and if you don't know anyone in your local area, there's always, there's plenty of moms groups on like Facebook and stuff like that. I just joined this amazing one or someone added me on there. And it's like, you can find so much support online if you can't, you know, if you don't have it in, in person, but yeah, we're all just trying to do the best we can. So, you know what? It's okay. It's, it's sometimes we make mistakes. Some days will be better than others, but you know what? There's always tomorrow. Just, just start over tomorrow. <laughs> this too, this okay. too shall pass was like the quote, like going through, especially the first year of motherhood was like, yeah. yeah, this too shall pass. This too shall pass like anything else. And then it does. Yep. And there are some days you're going to cry. You're going to be like, I can't do this. I, I don't know. You know, and then other days it's going to be, be so worth it. And you're going to be like, oh, I love this, you know? So I, it's funny because it's, it's about motherhood and, and creating your own business, right? Yes. <laughs> The same thing with being an entrepreneur because like now that I'm starting my own and I'm like Monday and Tuesday, I was kicking butt. I'm going through my things yesterday, hit me like a pile of rocks. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, like yes. the roller coaster. So I feel like entrepreneurship and motherhood is like so much. Hand in hand. <laughs> yes. But Christiana, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again for sharing your truth, for sharing your journey. And yeah, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. Please share this episode, download it, rate, review, and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.